It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by CBDMD. The holidays are finally behind us, which means it's time to catch up on some much-needed sleep. And even though getting a good night's sleep is much easier said than done, our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to sleep harder than NBA media is sleeping on DeAndre Hunter or, I guess... Vaco Campazzo, PJ Dozier, somebody that's relevant to this show. CBDMD PM blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root chamomile mile and other sleep promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid and if you want to relax a little before bed the new cbd bath salts for you superior cbd with epsom dead sea and himalayan salt to turn any bath into a luxury experience and are available in lavender or eucalyptus scents as well as a soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs and to make it even easier for you to get the year started off right they're offering all of our listeners 20 percent off on your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 20% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Welcome everyone to Locked On Nuggets. I'm your host, Matt Moore. The Denver Nuggets got themselves a win a win, Adam Mares. A win. Tuesday night versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, whatever's left of it with Al Horford out. And after they pretty much just gave up on the season, uh, George Hill talked about <laughs> Already? it. Already? Already they gave there. up on the season? I, I, I would say so. I don't know. The, what's oh. funny is I, they came into the night with a better record than the Nuggets. Right, right. And yet the Nuggets were a double-digit favorite and covered right. easily. Yeah. So, that, that's where we are this NBA season. Uh, 119-100 victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Denver rolls comfortably. One-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Sorry, I shorted the Thunder a point. Look, if you're starting Isaiah Roby at, at center versus Nikola Jokic with where he's at, yeah. what happened tonight's going to happen. Like, yeah. Jokic just absolutely demolished this team. And the Thunder were like, mm, we're not going to double. We're, you know, let, let, let's see what you can do. Go get him, kid. 
Do you, you think that is cruel to Roby or like good for Roby? Because I'm trying to decide, especially as I was watching Poku tonight, I was thinking this too. Like, is it good that he's playing right now? Because he's clearly not ready to play. I wonder if a, a lot of it for the Thunder is there is something I think to be said for the occasional. This is how far away we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like this, like this is what happens when a team takes you seriously wow. and like how tough this is now, like Roby, like Roby's not supposed to be in that situation. You know, it's a bad matchup. They don't really have any alternatives. Yeah. Like they just don't have any option. Right. I think to really to, to counter this, they want to see what they've got with the young guys. If you're going to tank, like this is the way to do it. Right. It'd be like, we want to see what Isaiah Roby can do. And if that means right. him getting obliterated by Nikola Jokic, well, that's fine. That comes with the territory. Um, I feel mostly bad for Shea Gilgis Alexander who like, I mean, just like look at it, the starting lineup. And like, I like a lot of these guys is the thing. Like I like Baisley. Like I like him. I like Dort. Mm. Uh, I, I've liked Robian spots. Um, you know, George Hill, I think is out. Like just, George Hill openly said, Go yeah, it's unfortunate there. he's there. Well, not only that, but just like George Hill made, like, George Hill made the comments in the bubble after the, the murder of George Floyd that he doesn't think they should be playing. Right. He was the impetus for the walkout. Uh, and then he said again, like they're not going to, after the, the COVID vaccines or COVID stuff protocols, he was like, you know, they're not going to tell me who I can and what I can't do. And uh, you know, if that's how bad it is, maybe we just shouldn't play to which mm. like, not an insignificant number of people I've talked to both in the league and in the media are just like, if you give up the money, you can do that. But right. George Hill apparently does not want to give up the money as right, he played, right, right. I guess, kind <laughs> of. Um, look, this was, we talk about the Nuggets needing games where they could just beat the snot out of teams. They beat the snot out of the Thunder. They handle business. They hung. It didn't go off well to begin with. The game was not good in the first half, but they got it together. They took care of business. They didn't let them hang until the fourth quarter and make it interesting. They separated themselves. They put the hammer down. The starters got rest. Like this was just like a boilerplate good win versus a bad team for a team that is getting better. Right. Yeah. I mean, this was like almost a can't lose game. I, I really, you talked about a team taking them seriously, you know, Oklahoma city seeing what happens when a team takes them seriously. I don't know that that it was even true tonight. I, I don't know that Denver was locked in, dialed in, had their best punch or this or that. I just right. think that that, that roster they, they rolled out there for Oklahoma city is very much a, you know, a preseason type caliber lot roster. And um, there just was no chance, but the flip side of that is, you know, Denver doesn't have a lot of good wins, but they did take care of business in this one. I mean, this game was over with 20 minutes to go uh, in it. And so I, I don't know that you can take too much away from it, but um, you know, at least Denver handled business. Yeah. And like, I don't think that this is, I, I, we could go into like details on performances, right? Um, I just don't know that, there are NBA games where you don't learn much. There's like a lot of NBA yeah, games where you don't good, learn. That's much. a good point. And like, yeah. this is one of those games where I didn't learn anything about the I Thunder. So. I didn't already know. Didn't learn anything about the Nuggets. Yeah. I didn't already know. Like it's a feel. And like, look, they deserve to get a feel good win. Like it's mm-hmm. good to get these games. The Kings. I will keep coming back to this. The Kings should have been two of those. Like this is why I'm right. so bothered by the Kings game. Like both, but of even the games? Kings were better than this. You know, I, I mean, this is a whole different level. But you're not but, wrong that the Kings are still a very low level. But here's what's interesting: is like the 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 Thunder have six wins. Like, yeah, like they came. I don't in. know how. <laughs> That's the thing is, um, we are seeing this a little bit this season where I just think that the the floor for every team 
is low. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Great point. I don't really know of a team that I can name. Maybe the Pacers. That's a team with a pretty high floor where Indiana is so solid all the way through their rotation that they will just play well. Like, I do think one of the reasons that Denver has struggled is because their floor for, for both of their units is low. Mm, I think their starting unit with where it's at is pretty low. And I think the benches is like below the, now like we've seen the bench play well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we know that's not like absolutely who they are. They don't just, they're not uniformly bad, but I do think that when we look around the league, like I just can't identify, you know, you could say the Lakers, but even there are games where the Lakers win or they don't play well and they don't look good, but their style of play and their talent level just means that they're going to outpace the opponent. And that was a little bit about what happened tonight, I think, but you know, OKC has played better games. OKC, if you let, if you give OKC a chance, they are still frisky. Like they are yeah. still a team that wants to win. Um, Here, I'll give you one takeaway I have from this game, and it's really an extension. You know, Gary Harris has not been great, or was not great last game. Two of seven, he goes three of six tonight, and. I, I know he missed a little bit of time. He missed a couple games, but if you just combine his last four games, he's actually pretty respectable. In fact, not just respectable and impressive 12 of 25 from the three point line that for 48% over his last four games. So the numbers in aggregate are really bad. His game last game was very bad, but there's at least a little bit of hope that Gary is starting to round into form a little bit. Can I ask you, I do not know the answer to this. So I, I really genuinely okay. want, want your input here. Um, will guys shoot better from three if they're just not challenged at all? Like, I guess maybe there's a confidence confluence there, right? If they're not challenged, what do you mean? Challenged by a defender? Like, if they just know that they're better than this team, right? Like, oh, oh absolutely. I think so. Because I talk about this so much. The openness of a shot is the variable we all can calculate. And so we look at it and say, what do they shoot when they're open? As important, if not more important, is rhythm, meaning did the shot come within the flow of an offense you were expecting it, this or that. But then there is also, yes, that confidence factor. And this is why, and I've argued with people, including our mutual friend Seth Portpart now, about, you know, there's there's the sort of mantra that three-point percentage, you can't affect it. As a defense, you can't affect it. I do think you can. Speeding up the game, taking away other teams' rhythm, contesting with length. But then also there is, I think, that confidence factor of, is this a team that's easy to score against or hard to score against? And those things might be marginal. They might not make a 10%, you know, 5%, 10% impact. But I do think over the course of a season, they do make a little bit of an impact. So that's one of the things is I'm at a point where, uh, despite being Gary Harris defender number one in the universe, I do am at the point where I'm just like, I don't carry confidence that he's turning it around. I Mm -hmm. feel like he's Mm -hmm. played you know, yeah. how many of the, the games recently um, <laughs> have the Knicks game? Yeah, yep. so the Knicks game, the Philadelphia game, when Philadelphia didn't only had seven guys or six guys, and then tonight's Oklahoma City game, those games were good. The bad game, the Utah game, which was the competitive one. So right. there is a, <laughs> does kind of track to that a little bit. Yeah, and the, like this is kind of the thing is, and I think I, I wind up getting really drawn to the idea of like, well, I know they can have good games. Right. But I think the question now is like, can they have good games versus quality opponents? 
And that's the big question. And they're going to find that out because if they don't, they have six quality opponents in a row yeah. now. This is the first time in the season they go that long with it. So I think we're going to find that out very, very soon. And I think they can find ways to win those games. But I also... Sure. I, I think they can find ways to win those games um, and still not have Barton and Harris be the guys that they need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to like harp on the negatives in a comfortable 18-point win in which... You know, Jokic dominated, should have dominated, did dominate, didn't have to pass. We didn't have that many assists, but he only had, you know, he had six. Uh, Jamal. Two of 10, 0 of 3, five points, looked hesitant, looked un. He just. Did we. I think Harrison was the one that asked on Tuesday about the idea of getting Jamal some time because of the elbow. Yeah. And Malone kind of just talked around it. And well, he said if we were, had a better record, they, it would be an easier to call, but they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Harrison gave him that lifeline. Uh, yeah. And he'll usually use the lifeline if you're given, given, which wasn't Harrison's fault. Cause that's like a reasonable way to, to right. like phrase a question. Right. Is like, is like, are you, it's trying to confirm, are you still playing Jamal because you guys are still under 500? Right, right, right. Um, the reason I don't, I, I used to buy into this and now I'm kind of against it uh, is I've just seen Malone go the other way where it goes from, well, I had to play him. We, we weren't playing well, so I had to play him to, well, I couldn't sit him. We were playing too well. Yeah, like right. can't break it up now. That's a great point. And then That's they start so to struggle again. And it's, it's like, so we're true. losing momentum. Yeah. It's, it's so just true. like, Michael, like, yeah, yeah. At some point in there, you're just, whatever the situation is, can, can torts to, I need to play my starters 37 minutes. And that's not the way this is supposed to go. Yeah. I, I just think he, I, I know. And again, he was really mad last year when he got hurt because he wanted to make an all-star push and it wasn't going to happen last year. It's not going to happen this year. Honestly, we're 20% of the way through. the season. Yeah. He's got, he's got six weeks to make a push. Yeah. He's not going to be healthy in time. He's not making an all-star team. It's not happening. Yeah. Um, I just think that I honestly, with the team, with them going up against all these, uh, these tough opponents, I think now is the time. Like this is when I would sit him. Yeah. And I would be like, let's hit him with Jokic and MPJ when MPJ gets back. I kind of wonder that. So I, I had the same question of they've got Wednesday off, Thursday off. Then you have a game Friday. So you get two days, three days off already. You sit them Friday, Saturday, you get all the way till Monday or Tuesday that, you know, that's almost a full week of rest. And that allows you to bring back Michael Porter into a role where it's like, Hey, we know it's difficult integrating the three of them, Jokic, Porter, Murray. But maybe if you start out with a little Porter, Jokic, and then Murray comes in healthy and rested, maybe that's easier. I don't know. But I am very curious because I do think that that very scenario is on the table. We saw Murray only play 21 minutes tonight. We saw him miss a lot of shots. And we also saw him rip off his arm sleeve and throw it on the ground at one point in frustration. So we know that this is affecting him. I've seen this from guys before where they just want to play through it. They just keep they just keep throwing themselves against the wall. Um, Isaiah Thomas talked about this, and Isaiah never got back to where he wanted to be. He never yeah. got back to where he wanted to be. But one of the things that he talked about was trying to come back too fast and how that made everything worse. And he was like, if I'm going to come back, I want to come back a hundred percent. 
And there've been other guys that have talked about this, about how they learn that if you come back and you're less than hundred percent, it just makes things worse. Yeah. Um, and the Nuggets honestly can't afford that. Yeah. And so, and I'm sure that the training staff and, and, you know, if he's seen specialists or, or if he's been evaluated, whatever have been like, yeah, it's going to be sore. You're going to have soreness. And then, you know, eventually it'll go away. I'm sure that's, that's what's happening. You know, um, you don't want him to have surgery. Right. Cause I don't even know if, it, if surgery would help him. Yeah, I don't know it's sound, he called it a bruise. So I'm going to just, just assume that this is more of a, like, you know, he just needs comfort. some time off or comfort. Yeah. And that's why he keeps saying I can play through it. You know, makes you think it's not a structural thing. So I don't know. We'll see if they do get a couple days off here, then they go on the road. So I, I am curious. And I do wonder if now is a good time, because if you bring Michael Porter back, maybe it's a little bit easier to sort of stagger these things. Um, I don't know. We'll see. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I have been thinking about some big picture questions that I wanted to bounce off of you and get your feel for. Okay. Um, we'll talk about that after the break. First, let's talk about bet online. I don't know if you know this, Adam, but I wasn't with you on Monday's show to talk mm. about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs advancing to their third straight AFC. Oh Chiefs. yeah, you know yeah. that. You hear that? Did you happen to I hear? I didn't realize it was three. It was th- their third straight uh, wow. AFC championship game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I, I is either uh, totally okay. He's, he or, wasn't the quarterback though, right? It was. I thought it was another guy. Chad, Chad Hetty, that's right. Chad Hetty. Yeah. Anything is possible. Anything, anything is possible, baby. Anything is possible. You can get your action in on the Bills if Patrick Mahomes does not play and Chad Hetty has to play again <laughs> this weekend at Bet Online. You can also bet the NFC Championship game, NBA. I'm on a little bit of a hot streak right now. Just one to my own horn. That's really? going to an end because my Wednesday picks for my podcast are always terrible at the Action Network. Just every single time. <laughs> it's a complete disaster. Uh, but the place that you want to get those bets at is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. I almost, almost, almost hit the under on Pelicans Jazz today. I capped that one right. There was garbage time. The Jazz kept their stars mm. in during garbage mm. time. A meaningless layup made me get the push at 220. I was very upset, but I nailed Mike Conley on over assist versus that Pelicans blitz defense mm. you can bet this the nuggets during this tough stretch that they're facing because we know how good they are against adversity don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts we'll be right back on locked on The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on Locked On Nuggets, make sure we want to tell you about a great show that you should be listening to, Locked 
on bets. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get podcasts. All right, Adam. So I have an idea that I wanted to bounce off of you. Uh, everyone's focused very much on Jeremy Grant, who's having a great season in Detroit for a team that's going to finish like 59,000 games under 500. Uh, he legitimately has played really great this season. And everyone's talking about how much they miss Grant because of the defense and, and all of these things. Um, I want to ask you, is it possible the Denver Nuggets actually right now, regular season, not playoffs, might miss Mason Plumley a little bit more than we thought, at least that they would. I mean, maybe. I, I think what, what you miss the most at this very moment from all three of the guys, Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, and Mason Plumley, is familiarity and trust. I mean, Michael Malone trusted all three of those guys a lot. He very clearly doesn't trust the guys that are behind him and or the, the guys that have replaced him. But, you know, an interesting thing, and I brought this up over at DNVR today, the player with the number one net rating and the number one defensive rating on the Denver Nuggets, who would you guess? Isaiah Hartenstein. Isaiah Hartenstein by leaps and bounds. And now some of this is self-selecting, right? He's playing limited minutes. He's playing first half minutes, whatever, all that stuff. But, you know, so I, I think the answer is clearly and definitively yes, because Michael Malone had the trust to play Mason Plumlee 20 minutes a game, play him alongside Jokic if he had to, play him in different configurations. You knew what you got. But I do think that the answer of that long term is still TBD. So I wrote a uh, column, which I think actually everyone will want to read about uh, Nikola Jokic's MVP case for mm. Action Network, which should be up uh, when, as you're reading this podcast, should be available on the app over at Action Network. Can't wait. Um, and one of the things that I focused in on was uh, the offensive differential with him on the floor. So he's yeah. tied. Uh, he is the third highest offensive rating of any player in the league it's, or it's better to say, because Seth part now would complain at me. <laughs> Nuggets have the highest third highest net rating that any team has with any player on the floor. Right. Um, Kawhi Leonard and Nick Batum are the two players above him, but both of those players are plus 11 and plus 13 respectively versus when they're off the floor. Jokic 23 points. Wow. The big thing is that basically the nuggets go from a hotter than the sun offense. Yeah. Absolute garbage when he's (laughs) not on the floor. Yeah. And I've started and this, when I started to think about this, it brought me to the question of do they miss Mason for being able to run the kind of stuff? Because they did do a lot of Jokic esque actions, and right? Sure, handoffs and it's stuff. Not blasphemous like at all. Yeah, they ran this uh, very similar Jokic offense when with Mason Plumley, right? And you can't do that with Hartenstein or Jamichael. They do not have that. Um, they have the pick and roll threats, but I just wonder if that's a lot of part of it. The other thing, and this led me down in like an even deeper kind of rabbit hole, and it goes to Gary Harris and also to Will Barton a little bit. Like we saw Gary Harris and Will Barton, like you and I would agree that Gary Harris and Will Barton were much better at the start of Jokic's career mm-hmm. than they are right now. Mm. I wonder if the repetition, uh, of playing in this system with the same actions with Nicola in a no Nicola driven offense possession after possession year after year, practicing same thing over and over and over and over again, 
has calcified their games a little bit where even though the, the, the play itself is dynamic, they've kind of gotten away from being just basketball players that could do multiple things because they've sit fit so snugly into playing in roles that facilitate all of the great things that Jokic brings to the table. This isn't like a, I, I, I get it. No, go ahead. I want to hear what you're about to say. This is in no way a criticism of the Jokic offense or that it's bad or that they shouldn't do this. Right. I mostly have gotten here because I do think a lot about how, if you, (laughs) if you watch Russell Westbrook's entire career, if you sat down and you were like, I'm going to watch every game of Russell Westbrook's career. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because you're a demented person because who would watch that kind of a thing. But if you just did that like day after day, right. You just took like the next year and you just watched all of, of Westbrook's games, you would notice over time, a deadening of what he did, even as he became better at what he did Mm. because he wasn't trying things and he wasn't experimenting and he wasn't greeting each opportunity with excitement yeah. or energy because it was just the same thing that he'd done a million times before. It's the same way that like young teams take losses really, really hard and veteran teams locker rooms got music playing. They do not care because they right. don't, they, I often think about how many times I used to, I asked this Jamal of uh, Jameer Nelson one time. I was like, what's it like after you've lost as many games as you've lost? I was like, I don't ask this insulting because you've won a lot of games too, but doesn't it change it? He's like, yeah, he's like, there's perfect. That's where professionalism comes in. Mm. Um, so yeah. So I think, so my answer to this is that like, absolutely not. And I don't think it's an unfair question, but first of all, Will Barton last year, I thought was the third best nuggets player. And I thought he had a great year. So this is the drop off with him to me is that this season thing, we're 14 games in. And I think it's pretty clearly that it's health related. I mean, his numbers, he's the worst finisher at the rim right now. I think that's the difference in his game from last year to this year. Although tonight he was knocking down his three-point shot. So, you know, he's had a couple of, of, of these flashes. With Gary, is he getting bad shots? Is he not touching the ball? Is he not getting downhill going to his right hand? He's still getting all of those things. He's getting – he might be getting more good looks, rhythm, open looks than almost any shooting guard in all of the NBA – the, I think Ryan Blackburn had the, a tweet out today that he was two of 25 entering tonight from the three-point line above the break, non-corners. He's getting good looks. He's just not making them. So, you know, I, so I don't think it's that. Um, and, and it's nothing I'm seeing from what they're doing. Like, they still get another point, and this actually segues into an interesting point about Michael Porter. I hear people say they need to call more plays for Michael Porter. They need to do this. I actually disagree for a couple different reasons. One, the Nuggets offense right now is insane when Jokic is on the court, as you mentioned. It's hard to imagine it being better. But more important, do the Nuggets ever call an ISO for Nikola Jokic? No. They don't. He ISOs, but it's from the flow of the game. They run an action, there's a switch, and it's like, oh, now we're in a moment for us to ISO. That's what I think is going to needs to happen with Michael Porter. Now, there's a, a bunch of different factors that are happening that Michael Porter isn't getting there. But I think the number one thing is he is still learning how to play basketball. He is still learning how to read the court to be able to place himself in position to say, oh, here's my chance now to ISO within the flow of the offense. So the same goes for Gary Harris. I think the same goes for you know all of the players. 
is it limiting them because they're not able to do? No, there's opportunity for him to run pick and roll, for him to run DHO. There's opportunity for him to cut, come off of, you know, pin down screens and all of these other things within the flow of the offense. So I don't see, you're not going to put the ball in his hands and runs, you know, like James Harden type basketball or anything like that. But every other type of basketball, he's getting opportunities. He just isn't able to convert them right now. Yeah. And I want to ask the question. I think it's a fair point. Um, I'm not sold either way. I think I have, I, I think maybe even more, if we like extrapolate this out, it may just be as simple as at some point the energy is gone because you've done it for as long as possible. Like, mm. you know, I bet Victor Oladipo is really excited to play with John Wall. Right. Right. Now. Right. 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 Just like cause it's different. Yeah, it's different. He gets to play with John Wall. He gets to you know play for for in Coach Silas's offense with Christian Wood, Demarcus Cousins, these dudes. Um, like James Harden looks invigorated. He's excited to play with Kevin Durant. Let's see how long that lasts. Uh, but like that, there's energy there. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not saying that like. I want to contrast it though to what you're saying about Westbrook because I do think playing with Westbrook is very different. There, it is much yeah. more limiting in what you do. Right. You are much more of a standstill. In the in a perfect Jokic-led offense, players really do get to do a bunch of different things. And some nights it might be different. Some nights it is. I got seven handoffs tonight. I got seven kickouts tonight. Pick and rolls, whatever it is. So I, I just I don't I th- I, do, I do think it's a fair question, but my. My answer is, is that I, I just don't think there's any correlation there. I think they get every opportunity to play the every type of basketball in the system. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's like, you know, Gary, you don't need to be running pick and roll with Gary Harris. That's not a thing. That's not like where his comfort zone is. Like, he's not going to excel in that. Um, and I think that he – and honestly, like, there have been a lot of plays where I've just – like, when I went through those Jokic clips where Gary's made, like, brilliant cuts and, like, their chemistry – like, their chemistry honestly seems a little bit better than it did last year. I thought it was kind of dead last year, and there's there was been there's some really exciting handoff actions that those two have gotten back to running, um, and that's helped them, especially with Jamal struggling. But I do think it's just kind of interesting to think about. Um, I think a lot of it for me is, and people would just be like, "You just want an excuse for why Gary's not good." I just wind up being like, I do think that there's always kind of a concern of what's going to happen when this guy's gone, like when he goes to another team, you know, and like. Well, y- the best example you can put of this is Jeremy Grant. None yeah. of us saw Jeremy Grant scoring 25 points per game, which is what he's averaging now. And it was, well, yeah. And I would have said the same thing I'm saying about Gary Harris. Now I would have said it about Jeremy Grant and probably did say it last year of, yeah, he's not capable of doing this or that, but in the system, he'll get touches, he'll get cuts, he'll get spot ups. He'll get all those things. You clear out give him the ball. All of a sudden he's scoring 25 points per game. So, you know, maybe there is something to it, you know, with that caliber player. I don't think that's the case with Gary, but who knows? Uh, and then the only other thought I, I had, um, I am at a point of this team can be good. This team can make a run. They, they made it last year. We thought they were one guy short last year and they made the Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. right? So I am not counting them out at all. Um, I'm also not blaming the front office because Grant's decision was a black swan event. Right. You just can't, you can't predict it. You can't predict it. And once it happened, um, I thought the folks in OKC after Kevin Durant left, they couldn't do anything. Like right. they were cap strapped. It was too late in the free agency period. They were blindsided right. trying to recover from it. There was no opportunity to, to like make alternate moves. And the Nuggets largely found themselves like getting Jamichael Green was honestly a godsend. Like that was, they were very lucky to, to nab him. 
right? Uh, especially with how he's how he's played for them. I am at the point of just being like, they need to make a change on the wing. Yeah, uh, whether it's yeah. starter or bench, um, they do not like the size problem has never been more of an issue. When I watched that jazz game, it, I just cannot stress enough how bad that was. Like it was just bad. How much the jazz did not give a damn about anybody on the perimeter. Right. right, Because they were just bigger than them. The effort was there. And Malone's talked about this. This is part of it is Malone's like happy with the effort. Right. But when I see that Malone's happy with the effort and they're just getting, they're getting blown by not because they're too slow, but because they physically cannot occupy the space to stop a person. I am at the point of just being like, they are going to have, like, they've got to find a Tory Craig replacement. Yeah. If you want to say an upgrade, fine. But they need somebody that can do that. They have, they are asking too much of PJ Dozier. Yeah. He, yeah, and he's been good, but I, I I do think it's becoming more and more clear. I do want to wait and see now. You know, it's weird to think we haven't seen Michael Porter and Jermichael Green on the court, you know, together in the lineup. So I'm curious to see if that, you know, I, I don't think so. I'm not predicting this, but I am curious to see if if there's combinations that you can throw out there that you say, oh, you know what, this lineup can guard a lot of different things and provides a unique thing. I'm, I'm curious to see that. So, but I, I'm pretty confident that I will arrive at the exact same point that the Nuggets probably need some kind of big trade. Whether or not they can make it, it's going to be tough. And I asked this question, Barton and Harris not playing great to start the season. They start playing great. Then you want to trade right now. You want to trade them, but they start playing great. Then do you say, Oh, well, now we can't trade them. They're shooting the ball. Well, they're fitting. They have the chemistry and all these things. Right. I think that their nuggets have to get to a point where those guys, you hope they play well. And if they do play well, you remember your highest ceiling still needs a wing defender. I agree. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap up some league wide stuff uh, on locked on nuggets. But first let's talk about built bar. Got a new pack from Bilt Bar this week. Delicious. All the new flavors. Caramel brownie, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Go with the classics like banana bread. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great if you're trying to be health conscious, which I am. I just started a new exercise program. It's going great for me. And you got stuff like the peanut butter bars, which are just classics. 19 grams of protein in those things. 19 grams of protein. 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 gram net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We'll be right back on Lockdown Nuggets. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day. Really appreciate it. Matt Moore joined by Adam Mares. Do want to tell you about Locked On NBA. Weekly program, 
every day of the week. You get a big picture look at the league. You got Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans and John Corrales. Love John. He's a longtime friend of mine for a look at the NBA week from all angles. On Fridays, you can catch Anthony Irwin and one Adam Mares. Maybe the most, maybe the most handsome combination <laughs> all of, of the Locked On Network as they break down the happenings in the NBA. Speaking of around the NBA, got a few things I want to hit off of you quickly, Adam, following a game that we just don't need to spend much time on. The Nuggets are a good team and be a bad one. Uh, there is the, the league floated today. Brian Windhorst from ESPN had, had a column that basically said that Silver is exploring getting access to the vaccine. Yeah. I, I people hate it when I do this, but I'm going to do it again. I've done this for a while. I am telling you that what this is, is they are floating an idea to the media to see what the reaction is. Yeah. They are judging. I hate that. I hate, I hate the, because the perception, look, I'm, the perception with people is often uninformed, especially in this case. I mean, the, you know, my take, I'm not shy about saying this on this show, that part of the problem with the vaccine rollout has been finding people to give the vaccines to. So this idea of skipping the line and taking them from somebody, first of all, we're talking about such an, an uh, like, I don't think an unfathomably small amount of vaccines. And then with, so that I don't think this idea of skipping the line, you're skipping roughly 30 seconds of the line, but also there's no lot. The line is such a cluster that you're wasting vaccines is such a huge problem right now. I couldn't be more pro this. I think you're right that the NBA is trying to spin this. And the article today was like, Adam Silver has a great idea. Get vaccines for the players to help the public know that it's good to take them. Like, okay, first of all, He's right. There will be a benefit to high profile people getting the vaccine. I actually think this is a fact, but let's not pretend that's the lead motivation. It's not the second motivation. It's not the third motivation. That just happens to be a happy coincidental byproduct of them doing this. But nonetheless, nonetheless, I am so for it. And I I, I find it my, my personal opinion, not to come in too hot, is that the only people who disagree with it are the people who haven't been reading about what is going on with the vaccine rollout right now. I we countered this in the bubble when he did the whole America needs sports back. Right, right, right. And I get it. I get it because I know the good people at the NBA and I know the people in PR at the NBA and they're genuinely I have everyone I've worked with there is like a good human being mm. that I have enjoyed being around and working with. But I could also definitely hear them saying, like, like you can't. I can hear their voices saying, like, you can't just say it's about the money. If you were losing money, if it was like, we make more money by not playing, they wouldn't have said, you know, yeah, but the people need the game. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we are willing to lose money. No, 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 no. But it's one of those things where I get you don't want to buy into, and you can't, you know, play for the the hardcore NBA fans or the podcast audience or the online even. You're you're going for the regular, you know, the Anderson's got tickets crowd. Right, Um, right. It's just so insulting to the rest of us to be presented with it's America needs sport. You want the money. We know you want the money. And like, this has been the thing the last couple of weeks where everyone's looking around and you can just tell that the players are like, look, I know we need the money, but like, what the are we doing? Right. Right. Like the, the game, the product is bad and that's okay. There's a pandemic and we're lucky to have sports. I get it. I would have wished they would have started in March. We might've had a better product. Um, and if we spaced it out and just been like, we're going to gradually roll back the season over the course of like five years, but no, that's all done. Right. We're here now. I get it. Um, 
but I just, I do, th- I'm with you that I think it would be good to be like, I just wish, the, honestly, I wish the NBA would just come out and say, if you are upset about vaccine distribution, you should not be mad at the NBA. Exactly. This is the whole thing about it. This is People need to focus their energy. Like really, first of all, read about what's going on. Read about the, the vaccines that are being wasted in large part because a vaccine has to be kept in this really ridiculously cold temperatures, thought out, and then distributed within a very short window of time or else they get wasted. And what's happening, unfortunately, is people are, it's harder to plan that part out of it. So it slows the rollout. If you have people that are willing and a company that is willing and able to secure these by all means, because guess what? A person getting vaccinated helps everybody. It especially helps the person vaccinated, but it also helps everybody because it's one less person who, by the way, is flying all over every city in America, traveling from place to place, interacting with all these different people. It's one less person that you, that, that you have to worry about spreading the virus. So to me, I, I just I don't I understand people's thoughts of don't skip the line. We don't want to take these shots out of the the, the shoulders of mama and papa and, and <laughs> you know, everybody else. Like, you're, you're taking it for. But that's just not that's in theory. That's not what's happening in practice. And so I and if the NBA can help raise awareness for this, by the way, the NBA, this same conversation happened when they went into the bubble. We don't have enough tests. They're taking away tests. Well, what happened? The NBA actually, one, demonstrated that you can follow protocols and completely eradicate this virus. It, I think, helps tell people like, hey, there is a way to like take care of this. But number two, they helped fund a new test that then has become you know ubiquitous. So to me, this is there, there are ways that you can positively do this, but you're right. The NBA is dressing this up as if they're doing it out of pure... Uh, you know, goodwill. I'm sorry. I just cracked out when you're like mama and papa. And I just imagine <laughs> like Fievel and his family from American <laughs> right. Tale being right. dealing with COVID. I also think it's funny. Like there was a story of Walgreens that was like, they were frantically trying to get like, just asking customers like, Hey, do you want a, a COVID vaccine? Right. You have to get rid of them. I'm just trying to imagine my life. If you were to suddenly, cause like, I don't here in Colorado, uh, like my mom who has health issues got her first shot today. And yeah. I'm very excited about that. My dad's yeah. going to be way down the line. The Colorado, the, the Colorado website's basically like, don't worry about it. Check back later. Like right. summer. Don't, don't come back until the weather's warm. Right. Um, right. That's right. fine. And like, right. that's how it is. But I'm also like trying to deal with the surreality of what it must be like. If you're like random, if randomly you went to Walgreens, like I sometimes do to like pick up a Red Bull and someone's right. like, Hey, by the way, do you want the vaccine? <laughs> right, right. We have some, we have some extras today. Altered every, you can yeah. go to a bar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Second shot here in like a month. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it, I could go to the DMVR bar, which I still right. have not been to. And I really want to go. Never been to. Wow. Yeah. Um. So yeah. All right. And then the, the last thing I, I just want to talk to you about is this is kind of a, a big picture thing that I am trying to tell people because there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of anxiety in Nuggets Nation right now. The team's not been good. There's a lot of bad signs. Jokic, like you even commented on the first half was how can Jokic be this good and the team be this bad? Right. Um, the teams that I think have played well this season, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Suns until about two weeks ago. Right. No, the, oh, so you're starting to get in. Even the Jazz, you're getting into a little bit of teams that have had their good parts and bad parts. But yeah. Uh, the Pacers. Yeah, Pacers been good. The Sixers. 
I mean, we got you're leaving out the Bucks here, and I'm curious by why the Bucks are, are. I don't think they played that well. Well, like I, I I've watched a lot of it, and I'm telling you, like Milwaukee's got problems. Their model used to be our starters are going to annihilate you, and then our bench is going to beat you by about mm, three points per hundred possessions. And now it's like starters are going to win most matchups, and the bench is probably going to lose most of them. And like it's just it's a fight every night. The point, the point remains that the Nuggets that are in with the majority of teams right now, meaning yeah. that most teams are in this like why don't they look like we expected yeah. portion. Yeah, and and just. You know, here's here's part of it is like the the Clippers have been one of the most dominant teams in the league, and they got housed by fifty. Right, right, yeah. Like the Lakers have been the best overall team in the league, and they suffered an eighteen point collapse last night versus the Warriors, the same Warriors team who, by the way, the Nuggets like easily handled. Right, right. And that's not to say that like Denver's way better than people are giving them credit for. It's just. I, I just think that by that we're gonna have to take this season very much as a, um, yeah, with a grain of salt. But I'll, I'll go even bit, I'll go one step further for you. Their last four losses against Utah. Well, we know Utah's a very good team, and that was a close game. Could have a couple bounces. Even Denver just shot as poorly as they can. They lost to Brooklyn, end of a road trip, another close game. Brooklyn shot lights out. You lose to Dallas in overtime when Dallas was on a you know starting on a roll, another good team, and they lost to Phoenix. Like. And those were all one possession games. I mean, they all very easily could have flopped the other way. So I think what sticks in everybody's head, and rightfully so, was those first four games in which they looked terrible and lost to the Sacramento Kings twice. But throwing those games out and just looking at the last 10, they really have looked more like the team we expected with the ball bouncing the wrong way a couple times. So I'm optimistic. That being said, (laughs) they have six straight tough ones. And this could be a good thing, Matt. You know, the Nuggets have been a team in the Malone era that has played better against the good teams and worse against the bad ones. And I do think that one of the things this team is missing right now is a good win. And I think if you get one, you get two, you start to string them together, your confidence, your toughness, all that stuff goes up. And I, so I, I do think Denver's closer than probably most people think to turning the corner on this, but they're seven and seven. And if they don't turn the corner, six straight tough games, then you're, then you're looking at a tough record. You go one and five, two and four, then things aren't looking so great. But also, you know, this was the best clutch team in the league the last three seasons, and suddenly they can't win clutch games. So if this team just isn't like it used to be, that's a problem. I have one. I, I really think it comes down to one thing. At the end of games, your action, whatever your your whatever it is that you're good at, it's like your best punch versus the other team's best punch. And Denver's best punch has been the Murray Jokic two man game. Right now, that's a one man game. And if you look at the Murray numbers quarter by quarter. First quarter, he's been very good. Second quarter, he's been very good this year. Third and fourth quarter, he's been very bad. Even in his good games, he's been very bad. And I, I think to me that that's why I don't worry about it so much because I don't think this is going to be the Murray for forever. I hope it's not the Murray for another week or two or three, but I think at some point we'll have the regular Jamal Murray back. All right, well, let's hope so. That'll wrap it up for Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Those five-star reviews help us so much. Keep us in, on, on those podcast lists on, on Apple and on everywhere else. Help us out with those. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.